Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are talking about the second Sunday of Advent, so let's get started. Indeed, Lindsay, it's always good to be able to gather together and to take a little time to reflect on on important events or important aspects of of what it means to be Catholic and uh, how, I think in so many ways, how this tradition has has a lot to offer our culture and and just the way of life. Because as, as we all know, as we get closer, and we were just speaking a little bit about this, as we get closer to the Christmas time and, and the holidays, whether in the secular world or in the church world, is that it gets to be almost chaotic. There's just so much that's built into it. And there are times that I think that what we need to do is we should schedule things for the next year right after we go through what we do to make sure we don't make the same mistakes as putting so much all at one time. Yeah, we have short memories when it comes to that. We really do. <laughs> and and sometimes the sad part of some of this is that we end up getting to, you know, to Christmas time and Christmas Day and New Year's. And the only thing we really can say to one another is, thank God it's over. And, you know, that we want things to go back to normal, to go back to normal, where we heard that before numerous times. For the last two years. <laughs> when... When really, when you think about Advent and, and what it has to offer and what it can say to us, is that nothing should ever go back to normal. I mean, it, some some aspects, some pieces, some minute piece or part of it should be changed forever because of what we celebrate and because of the greater realizations of, of what we celebrate in Christmas, and that is the divine becoming human, the incarnation. And Advent, when when we look at that, Advent really uh, is is so much, so much a part of that. I, uh, I can't remember where I heard it. Um, it might have even been the the, uh, the Archbishop's column. But he was talking about, I believe it was, he was talking about the fact that there are times coaches and, and leaders of orchestras and, and directors of plays will say that, you know, the most important part is not even the performance. The most important part is the practice, is, is what goes into it so that when you get to a performance, whether it is the play or whether it is the, you know, the, the orchestra or you get it and, you know, whether it is the, the sport is that the muscle memory, the mind, the brain, everything is so geared toward it, it's second nature. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking about that, that you and I had seen, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar. The amount of practice it must have taken to walk the way, you know, there, there were different ways that they were walking in that production. And I'm thinking, one, it's a, it was a very unnatural, but a very syncopated type of, of walking. How long did it take them to walk in that manner? How long did it take them for the dance moves? How long? All of that stuff, which is all part of muscle memory and, and, and so many other things, is that the, the, the practices that they would have gone through, that this becomes now, you might say, simply a reflection of so much that has gone on before it. 
And when you think about Advent in so many ways, is that it's, it's very much the same thing. We are preparing for something uh, that is yet to take place. And the better we are prepared, and, and that something is not Christmas, that something is the <laughs> next coming, you know, the second coming, the better we are prepared for it, the less we will have to fear, you might say, of needing to cower or whatever, as the scriptures say, is that, um, you know, we will be ready. We will be ready. And, and one of the things that, that, that speaks to me really of that, and, and also that is very much a part of, of, Luke's, uh, of Luke's gospel, and then in numerous places, Luke is the one who gives, more often gives dates, times, places, names, in that these events, these are not just stories told by someone who doesn't have anything better to do. These are not simply fantasies. These are not somehow out there uh, in order to entertain children or for us to make sure we have plenty of topics to draw Christmas cards on. <laughs> These are in, as, as we find even in our gospel here, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Tetrarchs, Philip, a Tetrarch, Ituria, Trachonitis, Licinius, Tetrarch, Abilene, all of these names, places, positions put this into the human reality, the human existence mm -hmm. that is that we are part of. Proof. And it's using it as proof. As yes, that this this has taken place, and what we can expect in the future is some things even greater to take place to a time yet to be known and is only known by God and God alone. It's not, um, he does not use, as other gospel writers do in, in some ways, not nearly as much of the apocalyptic literature, which you love so much. Mm -hmm. He doesn't use nearly as much of that. Because what he does is he puts it time, place, region, people, circumstance. And it's, it's not only a matter of, of proof, indeed, because in records we can go back to a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. It may not be exact as he would have placed it. Um, and that the gospel writer, Luke himself, may not have had all of the facts or whatever as far as that goes. But there's a lot we can of when these people existed, what they did, and when they were had certain positions in certain areas, in being able to say that, you know, here again, this is in the midst of people's lives, real people. And Advent becomes that time then for these real people, uh, and, and there are lessons in the midst of all of this, that these real people missed a tremendous opportunity because they weren't ready. Some were, but many were not. And because they were not ready, they missed this, this incredible experience of what it meant for the divine to enter into human existence. And so with that information, with those details, he is very much letting us know, don't make the same mistake. Mm -hmm. Because 
in your time, in your place, with your leaders, in your nation, in your city, in your state, the hand of God will continue to move and the hand of God will continue to present itself. Don't miss the opportunities because these are all opportunities that will lead to that second coming that we, we, we anticipate. And it will make us ready for the, for the big day, you might say. <laughs> It'll make us ready for the big day. And rather than, as, as Luke would say, rather than cower in fear, Luke would say to us, he has Jesus say, stand up, stand up erect, raise your faces, raise your heads, because your salvation, your redemption is at hand. When we're ready to do that, in a sense, when, when it takes place, we won't, we won't have to worry about what we're going to do. Um, it's, you know, it's, 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 I think those in many ways, the, the superstars, you know, that know how to, know how to play it by ear in a sense. And in the times that we have heard someone that, you know, a, a violin string breaks and the person plays the entire piece with one less string. <laughs> Someone who doesn't Ooh. know that wouldn't be able to do that. True. You know, they talk about, I've, I've seen a couple of things with, uh, on, on YouTube when it comes to various movies and stars. Um, and the one that comes to mind is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when uh, Harris, Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah has that where, you know, there's this big hulking enemy is going to come to beat the crap out of him, and he just takes his gun out and shoots him. Well, that was not planned. It was kept in the movie. <laughs> it was not planned because it said that what records show is that he had dysentery, and he had to go to the bathroom, and he couldn't stand around to go through. And so he just, just took the gun out and shot him, and it was such, a, in a sense, a hit. Yeah that it was kept in the movie. Someone who knows their art that well is able to make some of those spontaneous moves or lines that become iconic, you know, in time. They couldn't do that without, without being the experts that they are. Well, in a way, we need to be experts. If we're truly serious about when we think about, you know, sainthood and when we think about what what we celebrate and lest we get caught in you know the the merry christmas you know traps of of stuff and shopping and music and all of that all of which are good things <laughs> there's not one thing in the sense that is bad about any of that it's when it becomes the total focus and we lose focus of what we are genuinely celebrating here that's when we get run into problems. That's when we forget why we have this whole Advent time in the first place. Then we get caught up, whether in church work or other places. All we can do is saying at the end is, thank God the mess is over, and I can't wait till everybody goes home so I can get my house back into order. That's, that's the stuff that we, we have to be very careful about. And, and when we're not, we begin to realize that we've really lost 
um, we've really lost what we're supposed to be about. Well, and it makes sense because a lot of the music during Advent is prepare, ready Correct. the way, you know, stay awake. Yeah. And, and, and the temptation, and I, and I even noticed it a bit, you know, we, we put up our crib scenes. We, you know, we're, we're rushing to when, you know, in a way, sure, we can put those things up, but let's maybe not have baby Jesus there, or let's not have the, have the uh, Magi there. Let's have, you know, we are in a terrible rush. <laughs> and whether church or not, we are in a terrible rush to be able to, to get there and a lot of times I think it's because we're in a rush to get it over. You know, we want to be there. We want to be in the moment. We want to celebrate it. And, and then we want it over because we want our house back in order. We want our church back in order. We want our lives back in order. We want our schedules back in order. I mean, maybe, but wow. also maybe people just enjoy seeing the visual. And it's such a short season in retrospect to everything else that we got to get as much out of it as we can and that can be and and i and i wouldn't necessarily deny that as long as we don't do it at the risk of you know it's it's in so many ways it's the both and mm -hmm. it's the both and there is nothing more than you know you might say delightful than to to see children talk about christmas and and it's it's generally not about the incarnation, you know, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. They'll have time to learn that, I hope. But to they have no sense of time, so a day or two or a hundred years are all the same because they're just so present. They're just so um, they're just so present. <laughs> For presence. <laughs> oh dear, that. The anticipation is almost palpable, you know, because of, of, of the joy and, and that it's almost like wants to almost burst forth. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it can be both and. And as long as we don't lose the first part. <laughs> and and that's, that is sometimes the, the danger is we lose the first part. And, and as a consequence... I would say that if we, when we lose the first part, the second part, you know, of getting to Christmas and all of that becomes less because we, we have not, you know, built up to anything. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's looking at that and saying, how do, we, how do we help ourselves, but how do we help each other? And in one way, you know, how we do that is that we look at it from the angle of Luke, the gospel writer of Luke, and, and we recognize that this second coming, this celebration, these changes, this preparation is in this time, in this place, under the circumstances we find ourselves. I spoke last time uh, when we spoke about this, spoke a bit about... I've known any number of moms who said that Advent took on a whole new flavor after, you know, they waited nine months mm -hmm. to give birth to a child. I wonder at times, how does Advent take on a new flavor 
when we as in our culture, in our, our day and age, again, it's specific, how we wait for an end to this whole viral thing. You know, if you recall, and, and, and I know we've talked a bit about this, that when this stuff first came out, well, well, by summer. <laughs> and maybe, you know, by, by the end of the year. And then maybe by the next summer. And it didn't go away. And we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the end to come, waiting for the, you know, f for things to finally be over, waiting as p how many people I have heard say, you know, I just want things to be back to normal. We're in an advent. <laughs> as strange as that might seem. Perpetual. <laughs> we, but think about the fact that we have been waiting now for the Savior for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. Talk about a perpetual advent is that we're still waiting. And, and the more we wait, the more anxious we can become or the more we simply become numb to it. You know, and, and, and so we really don't worry about waiting anymore. You know, and I think that it happens in some ways, you know, Christmas and mm -hmm. all of that. Certainly, you know, they were waiting for a long time for the Messiah to come. And at times, it, the, the ones that they least expected to, to somehow, you know, really get it, got it. Um, and those who, quote, were reading all of this material and had all of the books and all of the stuff that, that were reminded missed it is how do we become just numb to it? And, and, you know, you look at even, or we learn to simply live with it. And maybe that's part of it too. However, when we think about being an Advent people and actively waiting, how do we prepare ourselves to live a new norm? Because there, I suspect there will be some new norms. Similar to what we learned to live a new norm after 9-11, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about that experience, I, you know, I remember, and people will always, many times bring this up, you ran from your car and you ran straight down, you know, the, the hallway and you right onto the plane. Nobody stopped you. True. Nobody stopped you. Or you, you went with people to the gate. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, people met you at, you know, yeah. as soon as you, they met you virtually, you got out of the plane. And, and you would never dream of that anymore. Mm -hmm. It just, so you, you learn, you know, you learn to work with all of that. And maybe, you know, maybe we have, you ask, one has to ask themselves, what, what do we have to learn about? What has this been able to teach us? Because I think it has something to teach us. I believe that the hand of God is found in the midst of all of this. Sometimes it's hard to find it, <laughs> but I believe it. And, and there are times that I've experienced that. And I ask myself, what is the grace, the power, and, and, and the mercy, and all of that of God? What is that? What, is, what are they trying to teach us? What can we learn from this about ourselves, about one another, about the church, about people in general? 
It's preparation. It's the practice of all of that. It helps us then to saying, you know, that when we come to the end in, in a way of saying, I am ready because I have, I have been practicing, you might say, for a long time now. Um, and if all we do is fight against it, then, then all we're doing is waging war constantly. We're just constantly waging war. And what happens is that in, in, in the long run with that is that we end up waging a war and we have no clue why we're waging a war anymore. <laughs> we're just fighting to fight. And I think that that is also a time seen in our world in different places and such. We're, there is no sense that we're just waiting because that's what we've all, that is what we have always done. Oh, and, that and term is terrible. I know. But they're talking about, you know, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of years of constant fighting because that's all they know. And you have generations of people growing up as babies that all they know is war. So how do we begin to change that? Advent says we can change that. Advent says that we can prepare in a different way. And, and we do this, you know, in a deliberate manner. We do this living real and concrete lives. We do this not by escaping, you know, the world in which we live, but by doing it in the midst of the world in which we live. And by doing all of that, that we bring with us and we reflect in the way we live and love is nothing less than, once again, that divine, you know, not not pulling us out of our human reality, but jumping with both feet into it with us and saying to us, here, let me show you how to do it. So if we are, if Advent is a preparation for the second coming, technically, yes. not just the baby Jesus, would Christmas be, I don't want to say a reenactment, but a preparation of what we will do when he comes again with all the praise and the singing and the well i think that's part of it candles <laughs> but for me when i think of of christmas it's more of celebrating that if this hadn't happened the second one wouldn't be happening either but it also has to me it teaches us something about what the second coming will be like in that it's going to take place in the midst of the world in which we live, real people, real circumstances, it will be done in the mysterious and surprising ways of God, which I, I keep, I, I believe in so strongly that there is nothing about God that is really mundane or, or you know, the usual. God constantly surprises us and in ways that we can't even begin to imagine, but we must be open. You, you know, you, you think about it. Why did they miss it? He was supposed to be the Messiah. He was supposed to be, you know, he was he was the man. He was Warrior. Gonna, you know, all of that. Yeah. He's born in in dire poverty. He's born from misfit parents. He's born from a guy who, who was, you know, in a sense, single, as far as we know, and a gal who gets pregnant when she shouldn't have. You look at all of these types of things that are part of that, and you strip away all the Christmas card crud. <laughs> you strip away all of the, 
all of the fufra and all of the, you know, the, the pretty stuff and the paintings and all of that garbage is that you couldn't have painted a more dire and god-awful picture of, of how this infant, who shouldn't have even been alive in the first place because the life expectancy at that time wasn't very long, is that how, you know, when you think about how could that have all happened? And it happened in such a surprising way. And so then, now this kid grows up. Now he becomes a young man and starts to preach. He is not riding on a white horse. He is not a warrior. He is not wealthy. He is not of royalty. He is none of that. He is not a revolutionary, not in the way that we would make that term. Mm -hmm. But he says, all of this is going to be accomplished, accomplished not by the sword, but by love. Well, and all you want to say at times is like, and what kind of bull crap is that? <laughs> you know, sometimes the sword is just a whole lot handier. And yet he says, it's by loving. Love your neighbor. Love those who do harm to you. If they take one cloak, do the second cloak. If they ask one mile, go the second mile. And it's like, what? And, and you look at that, and, and so it teaches us we must always keep our eyes open. Indeed, you know, when we talk about great celebration, and they talk about choirs of angels, and they talk about all of these things, I tend to be of the firm belief that no matter how we describe things, it's always inadequate when it comes to God. Even when we were last Monday evening, when when um, Bishop Barron was talking, we were listening to a uh, a video on the Mass by Bishop uh, Barron, Robert Barron. And as I was listening to him talking about, you know, what we are gained or what we are supposed to eventually accomplish is that the Mass is what we will be experiencing for all eternity when we die. And I'm thinking, I'd rather play baseball. <laughs> you? I, you know, I'd rather go for a walk in the woods. Yeah. I'd you know. Okay, good. It wasn't just me. <laughs> you know, it's, we use these terms, okay? We use all sorts of these terms. And I, again, I am a firm believer that no matter what terms we use, we don't know. Mm -hmm. And even Jesus would have had to have used the framework and the terms that he would have been familiar with. All of those things they would have been familiar with as to how they would have described it. And when they look at it, and as I reflected a bit before, some of the description when we were talking about angels, said you, you look at the categories, these are almost exactly the same categories as Mideastern you know, royalty, palaces, you know, those kinds of kingdoms. Mm -hmm. They would have used terms they're familiar with. We use lots of different terms. And no matter what terms we use, is that we use terms that somehow describe what we consider great happiness, great joy, eternal hope, peace, You know, and I think about all of that and saying, I wouldn't necessarily say the Mass does that for me. 
mass is sacred time and, and I pray the mass and and, and there is a, a great, great beauty. But if I were to describe the kingdom, it would not be somehow choirs of angels before the throne of God. I might describe it as a county fair. <laughs> yes. I might describe it as, you know, um, a, a family reunion of some sort. But I wouldn't describe it as choirs of angels sitting before the throne of God. Because my image of God is not somehow this king. My image of God is not somehow this this. Uh, all-powerful ruler. My image of God is an elderly woman with rough hands. And I know where that comes from. It comes from one of my grandmothers. If Depending upon what your image of God is can make a big difference as to what. So when I think about all of these things and saying what it says to me is however this second coming will take place and we do talk about that is that the first coming says it'll be in the midst of a time and place and it'll be in a way that we least expect. Yeah, unexpected. Yes. Yep. And and the thing will be is, is keep, stay awake, keep your eyes open because if we don't, we're going to miss a tremendous opportunity. A tremendous opportunity. Mm-hmm. And those don't always... those opportunities are there sometimes sometimes we do we do we grasp them and our lives are a lot of times changed forever but other times you know we didn't go to the whatever and they say oh but you missed a great time um and and sometimes there are good reasons that we missed it other times not so much so i think it has a lot to offer us this celebration of christmas you know when you talk about generosity when you talk about a spirit of giving the ideal you know of what in so many ways christmas can stand for and it's and it's not just simply consumerism and all of that but an ideal that it can stand for is of of being able to you know to give uh, unconditionally to be able to gift to be able to gather love yeah and in the midst of all of that we're changed. We really are changed in a lot of ways. And, and I would say changed for the better. Um, and it's, it's more than just a Hallmark moment. Oh, come on. Yes, it's more than a Hallmark moment. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I wanted to stay with the Psalms a bit. And, mm-hmm. and I want to go back to the, the Psalm for this, this weekend. And, and just what we were talking about here... Are we good or what? Oh, yeah. Uh, Not planned. (laughs) It's Psalm 126. And it says, When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, this is out of of the uh, exile, out of exile. Um, When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like those dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for me. We are glad indeed. When, when you that's think... A good, that's a good psalm, the, the song that goes with it. Yes. It's, you know, when you think about that, in so many ways, Christmas, and I would dare say Easter also, but Christmas has its own, you know, aura about it in many ways. Christmas 
can say to us in so many ways, this is what we would wish our family would always be. Lord knows as families, we always got the quirks and the, and, and you know, the, the bumps and the bruises and such. But, and at times it's, you know, we, we do, we have tremendous expectations. And granted, those aren't always met. Rarely are they always <laughs> met, you know. However, when you think about Christmas and, and how we celebrate it and, and, and even in so many ways, you know, what, what can take place, and we talk about the magic of Christmas and those sorts of things, is that in so many ways, it, it says to us, this is what we can be. This is what our family can be like. And yes, you know, aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so has got that weird problem. And, and I don't always like my brothers and sisters and, and all of those things. But the fact is, is that we have to have ideals. And, and in so many ways, when you think of Christmas and Easter, it's an ideal of what can be. Even the Christmas story is an ideal and how it was put together, uh, what, it, what, it, what it tries to say to people. Uh, and it's being open to that and saying, if I am able to keep my head and my heart and everything open to the, to the mysterious ways of God, I am going to see, experience something this Christmas that I have never necessarily saw or, or seen or experienced in the past. And if I am open to the possibilities, I believe that it will change me. Howard Hazy, it's the only one that, I can, that can, can change you because it's my experience, that somehow Howard Hazy will be better after this Christmas because he will have prepared himself for with Advent. He would have done something that somehow a practice, whatever, he would have done something to make him more aware, to open his eyes, to open his ears. And as we know in the scriptures, when it talks about opening eyes and ears, it's always, oh, I shouldn't say always, <laughs> it's usually talking about being open to the ways of God. When one was considered blind, it meant that they pushed God away. When one was considered deaf, it meant that they pushed God away. When they talked about <clears throat> opening of ears and hearts and eyes, is that it's talking about being open to the marvelous ways of God. And by being open to that, then one adopts those ways for the way that they live every day. And they become one of the righteous ones. <clears throat> so there's just a lot <laughs> when we think about you know the, the, the Advent season. And this is just the second week. Yeah, this is just the second week. So much more. Um, I just wanted to touch on, so this year in the second week of Advent, we have Immaculate Conception. And I know we've done that, a podcast about that, but right. it never hurts to just touch on that again. Um, because I know I always get confused as, is this, this is Mary's conception, right? This is, that Mary, we believe. I don't know how many times someone has yes. to tell me that for it to <laughs> stick, but... We believe that the Immaculate Conception celebrates what we believe that Mary, when she was born, she was born without sin. So from the very moment of her conception, that she was 
uh, she did was not touched by the stain of sin, by original sin, as we would say. She still would have needed Jesus as a redeemer, you know, because he came for all of us, because mm-hmm. that was a, a huge discussion in the centuries that, well, if this is true, then she would need no one and such. And so, no, is that though we believe she was born without sin, is that it is Jesus that made it possible for her to be born without sin. So it is the belief that Mary uh, was sinless from the time of her conception. And it always gets confusing because it comes during Advent, which you're always thinking of Christmas at that point. But then also the gospel reading is, I don't know if it's Gabriel or if it's Elizabeth. Uh, Angel Gabriel, yes, the angel Gabriel announces. So you get um, so confused because you think it's Jesus. Okay. And it is. And it's it's trying to, you know, trying to keep some of those because then I believe on the third Sunday of Advent, you have the... Yeah, same, like the same gospel, almost. Yeah, crowds ask, well, no, it's John the Baptist. It might be the fourth. I believe it's the fourth Sunday that um, that speaks about uh, uh, Elizabeth visiting Mary. So it's just, they got to confuse. And then, like, the announcement of Jesus' birth is always in March when we're getting ready for lunch and ad- or Easter. Uh, that, that is correct, Ugh. March 25th. <laughs> I know. Of course. Of course. Nine months. <laughs> but there's, and only only in the Bible is it that nine months. Um, the, yeah, there is just so much, and again, so much is stuck in this time and season. Um, what's interesting, and, and I've shared this before, that Christmas at one time was held in July, June, um, September, November, uh, sometimes I think that when they were putting all of these calendars together, they probably could have done a little bit better in organizing it all. But spread it out a little. Yeah, you know, I wasn't around to be asked, so we'll leave. Well, it as I mean, it is. even you were talking when we first started. You were talking about how busy everything gets in this time of year, and you have, you know, Christ the King. Then usually Thanksgiving right around there, whether right? it's Correct. before or after. Four weeks of Advent plus Immaculate Conception. Then Christmas, which has a million masses. Then you have, you know, the three Sundays yeah. of Christmas. But then you also have the Holy Day for New Year's. New Year's Holy Day. So it's just like, oh my gosh, it's hard to focus on one thing. It is, particularly when, in the work that we do, when you're working with all of these days, it's like you you're always focused on the on the mm-hmm. three or four of the celebrations ahead. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it can be hard to focus on where we are. Um, if you're not involved with that, maybe not so much, but certainly with the work that we do. Uh, even does. retail, you're like getting ready no, for Christmas in I September. Suppose. So anyway, well, that was a lot of information. Some of it relevant to the second week of <laughs> Advent. All of it. All of it. All of it. Okay. Yeah, we wind around. We always get there. Um, we hope you enjoyed that. And we are going to leave that there this time. And we will see you next time.